0: The last one is, I would say, transparency. Because I think the more transparent you can be, uh, you also buy yourself time.
1: Welcome to the podcast B2B Saw CEOs with me, Joseph Allison, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B Saw CEO... And therefore, I need to learn from the best, and I want to take you with me on this journey.
0: So, hi everyone, my name is Niels, working as the CEO of Lime Technologies, and you are listening to B two B Sauce CEOs. welcome nils thank you very much it's really nice to be here my first question
1: always in b2b sosios is what does lime do please do the elevator pitch
0: The elevator pitch, great. Uh, But at Lime, we we focus on on, uh, helping our customers become really, really good in sales and customer care so they can help their customers in a good way. And we do that by providing uh, spot-on software and on-point expertise. And in our specific case, uh, we are mainly known for CRM systems.
1: And then, Nils, now when the listeners know a bit more about Lime and what you do and what they can hopefully buy from you going forward, I want to focus on you because okay. this is this podcast is me interviewing top B2B SaaS CEOs and therefore Nils, how did you end up as a CEO?
0: Okay. Uh, no, but I mean, I've been uh, more or less growing up at Lime. So so I started there when we were around like 25, 30 people uh, as a trainee, actually. So so we launched our first trainee program in 2006. And uh, I, I, yeah, for me, I had the luck to be a part of that one. Uh, and uh, after 16 years, I'm, I'm still at the company. And today I'm, I run as the CEO. Uh, but it has been a fantastic journey, uh, I would say. Uh, I mean, for me, my big passion has always been sales. I love I love selling, uh, and I still do that today. And I think I have had a, like the journey of of being a sales rep. Uh, being, be having the possibility to lead our sales organization for many many years uh, uh, going from like the Swedish organization into a Nordic organization and then to a European organization and took over as a CEO uh, a year ago uh, more or less. so so today we are around like 400 people in in six countries and, and nine offices so so it's it has been a very nice journey uh, but we have yeah we have we have plenty to to do uh, in the future as well so so we will continue moving on
1: yeah i, I love this story with, with 16 years started at trainee hard work hustling just developing lime and yourself at the same time and th- this is yeah this is truly amazing and that's why i'm so glad to have you here in the podcast Is what do you or people around you see as your greatest strengths as a leader
0: no, but I think uh, if I look in my organization, I would say that uh, many feel uh, that they feel that I'm a, I'm I'm, um, I'm down to earth. I'm I'm quite humble, and and uh, I'm, I'm I'm part of the daily operations. So so I don't see myself as a, a CEO sitting in my office. I don't even have an office. So 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 for me, I'm I'm a part of the operations, and uh, and I think I I. I think that they value that I uh, I lead by example. I would say.
1: And when you say you don't even have an office, this is interesting. Do, do you like move around every week, or can you please elaborate a bit here?
0: No, but I think I mean I've been uh, I've been been out on uh, traveling more or less since 2009 at Lime. Uh, uh, I've started then. I, I've been living in in uh, in Stockholm for the past 16 years, but in. In 2009, I was in Gothenburg for a year, and then I was in Oslo for two and a half years. And in the past, like, yeah, 10, 10 years, I've been away three days a week. And, um, and then I spend that time on diff- in different offices. So, so for me, I, I sit where uh, where there is a place <laughs> free, more or less, uh, and uh, I've always done that, and I think that suits me very well, because uh, then I can, yeah, talk to the consultants, I can talk to the sales reps, I can talk to the developers, uh, and uh, I can get uh, and uh, and helping out, answering questions on the day to day operations instead of uh, only once in a while.
1: Okay. And if we're gonna shift foots now and shift from what your greatest strength as a leader and then talk from the angle of biggest challenges. What are your biggest challenges right now needs for yourself, but also for life?
0: Now, uh, if we take for for Lime uh, to start with, I would say that I mean we have as a tech company and with the ambitions of of growing, I think to to fill up Lime with continue to fill up Lime with with great individuals and to get people to stay for a for a long time. Uh, I think that I mean the the market on on the the recruitment side has been very tough the last couple of years because uh, it's been been really hard finding, uh, for example, great, great developers. It's been a very, very tough market with the growth companies that are funded, uh, driving that kind of market uh, a bit too far, I would say. Uh, I think that we will see a change now when we have a different different market situation in general, uh, which I think can be good for us. so, so I think the recruitment side is, is one, to continue to do that in, in a good way. Uh, and it's also, I would say, to continue to scale our business in the rest of Europe. I think that's a very important um, step for us. We've been focusing on the Nordics now for a while, but now we also have entered the, the, the southern part of uh, uh, yeah, the Netherlands and Germany and to be able to scale our business there as well. So, so that's a big focus going forward. For me, as a person, I'm I'm very cultural driven, and um, and I would like to continue to build Lime with a very strong uh, company culture because uh, I think that has been one of the key success factors over many many years. So. Doing that, and at the same time, uh, bringing in many new employees, uh, we really need to continue uh, to invest in our company culture, even if we are growing with the amount of uh, employees going forward, because what we are building is a performance-driven and a caring culture. And that's uh, something that we need to be very yeah, humble about, that it takes time and also to value that uh, we need to continue to invest doing that.
1: I like the answers, and you, you just gave me, from my point of view, two things that I'm now going to go fish for deeper uh, deeper insights and deeper questions here. Uh, wh- one on, uh, you, you said culture, and one on growing outside Nordic. So I want to start with, on a company level, can you please, please share your best practices to scale into the South? Three to five quick bullets or best practices to go into the Netherlands or German or both? Uh, So we dive a bit deeper here
0: yeah uh, I mean I think uh, to start with I, I, uh, I yeah now we now we focus on on the uh, it's always e- e- sometimes it's easy to focus on what you've done uh, what, what you learned the, your biggest learnings because we have many mistakes over the year when entering new countries but I would say I, it's to start with when opening a new market the, 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 the most important part is to get the right person on board the first one needs to be uh, an entrepreneur that really shares uh, the belief of, of what we are doing like a country manager then yeah and that's maybe the second uh, tip uh, to to not hire a country manager to so hire a sales manager
1: the sales manager that will be managing the, the country but not the country yeah
0: Exactly, because, because I think that the person, the first person on the ground needs to be very sales oriented and to be willing to really do the sales and to really be driven by by succeeding with that, because otherwise it's one thing to be like, OK, I'm, I get the more like maybe fancy title in that sense. But I think it's better to be sales because then it's very much it's a clearer for both parts. Um, I think uh, to understand how the market is built up with, when it comes to how to do marketing. Uh, that's a learning that we have had in in Netherlands that it works like, for example, a little bit different with with uh, the marketing part. And to yeah, dare to be able to adapt to the local uh, situation rather than saying okay, we are using this methodology in Sweden and it works really fine. Be uh, dare to be local and uh, and do the 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 local marketing uh, so you you adapting to that market that was maybe the the third one and for us we we are entering markets where we know the competition so you have a quite clear unique, unique selling point when you are entering a market that makes it a little bit easier to to say okay we know our position and how to win towards the competition that's how we've done it in in, in when we are entering new markets yeah makes sense
1: Thank you, Nils, for uh, elaborating on, on that part. And now, yeah, we're going to jump back to the other follow-on question I had on company culture, because that is a question I wanted to ask anyway. So please, can you share your best practices regarding how you create and keep a great company culture? Like now, go with the concrete stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not liking all this fluffy stuff. Go, go with some concrete best practices now.
0: No, but I think uh, it's it starts with uh, first of all it starts with the recruitment uh, many many people and I mean of, of course people will have different uh, different opinions about this but we run I would say the majority of all recruitments in-house because uh, and that's something that we take that's one of our most important processes that we have so when we do like the the ads when we do the hiring process we have that kind of experience for the candidates is so important because then they are allowed to meet many Limers already before they are employed. Um, So that's a part being recruiting people I would say is a part of everyone's job at Lime. The second part is the onboarding program and uh, we onboard the majority of all employees uh, in Lund for uh, four weeks and we start like with uh, one big onboarding session in in August and one big onboarding session in January where we hire the majority of, of employees. So then they are spending four weeks at the headquarters in, in Lund uh, and the first week is, is more or less only about culture, values and how we run as a company and then they, that is more like pr- um, uh, specific towards each department. After the first week then? yeah okay. and then it's about uh, I mean if you get the right people on board from the beginning, then you of course need to always be open for developing that culture but I would say that people at lime I want them to be themselves, but in the the foundation of what they value and what they believe in are quite similar among many limers so that's why we can keep the like the, the core uh, quite tight, but we are allowing and elaborating with different type of like personalities because uh, that's something that brings extra value to, to us as a company. So to be open for that one. And then I would say it's about also investing uh, in the culture. What kind of climate do you want at the offices? What kind of like company's uh, atmosphere do you have? And uh, that everyone, it's not like HR's solution to find uh, to find or say this is how we do it. It's about engaging all employees to take own responsibility because we are actually running this company together so if we would like to do fun things okay come up with a proposal and then probably let's let's do it so so to get engaged employees over time and i think that's a, that's a very very important question
1: and uh, regarding office culture are you a office first remote first or like a hybrid how what, what is the setup there I mean, I mean
0: we are uh, we are a company that likes to spend time with uh, with each other uh, and uh, for me i think what we've said is that we have a we we would like to spend like uh, 3 days at the office and 2 days uh, you can you can decide by yourself where you want to be uh, but of course you can see that it's a little bit different if you take starts with sales they are mainly at the office all the time uh, if we take the consultants a little bit more flexibility and if you take on the developer side you can see that they, they like to be more uh, more sitting at home. So, so you have li- like a quite wide range depending on, on the department. But in general, uh, our company culture, uh, we like to spend time together and hang out. And, and do you have like all hands
1: uh, off the works? H- how have you set up that type of scheduling?
0: I mean it's, it's varies in each uh, in each office we have um, uh, a group handling those kind of questions. so many are, are running that on local initiatives. Ah. <laughs> On more on a company level, we try to s- gather all employees in uh, b- uh, summertime. Uh, we had a, a big summer conference now uh, in, uh, in the first of July. Uh, we gather everyone at the Christmas uh, conference um, and to, to celebrate that. And uh, we try to do like if we succeed with our goals uh, and achieve them, we maybe go on a trip together uh, with all employees.
1: Okay, so like two to three times a year, you you team up with all the company. And how often do you have like all-hands meetings? Is that... Uh, Quick once a month or once every quarter.
0: Uh, We we more or less have it. We try to have it uh, quarterly quarterly based. And uh, of course, uh, since we are a stock company, we are not. I mean, since we're not really that allowed to share uh, information, uh, so that's maybe the negative side of being being a stock company. Of course, we can talk about many other things. but more or less from, a, from, a, from that perspective, when we say how, how is the business going? Uh, we have like monthly follow okay. so Everyone is, is, is up to speed with our um, KPIs, but also more on a, like an in-depth um, a business update we have um, uh, quarterly wise. OK,
1: nice. And uh, yeah, I think we have a good flow here because you at the end now mentioned KPIs. Yeah, because this is where where I was going going forward.
0: I mean, we in overall. I mean, we have. Uh, I mean, we have our our uh, our targets of growing of growth, uh, and uh, that's a financial target that we should grow at least more than eighteen percent per year. Uh, we have a um, financial target when it comes to earnings that our EBITDA margin should be more than twenty five percent, and I would say that's the that's the financial targets that the employees are more or less interested in listening to then of course we have uh, other kpis with dividend and so on but i mean that's that's not really of interest for for the majority of employees so the other big uh, big kpi that we are measuring is of course the arr uh, so uh, as, a, as a software company the arr is is, uh, is very important for us uh, and then i would say uh, employee engagement and uh, uh, we measure and we do that more or less on a, on a daily basis, and also um, e- uh, employee net promoter score. That's the. KPIs where I look into on on a daily basis how we progress.
1: That is your focus, and that reached the CEO level for your focus on a daily basis. Then, yeah, uh,
0: but then I'm I love I love, uh, <laughs> I love uh, looking into Lime. Uh, so so our own yeah, of, of course. So so I mean, I look at the deals closed on a daily basis. I look at how many hours we have invoiced on a daily basis. I look at um, on a weekly basis the amount of customer visits, the amount of calls. Yeah, uh, amount of support tickets. So I, I follow a lot of KPIs. But on a company level, what we really like to address is, uh, is the growth, the EBITDA margin, uh, the ARR, and, and of course, then the, the employee engagement and happiness.
1: Then it seems like you have a clear financial goals, financial frameworks. Do you work with something like OKRs or similar?
0: Yeah, uh, similar, I would say. Uh, we have uh, now a tryout for the OKRs in in our uh, German uh, office with our. We acquired a company in two thousand uh, last year, uh like, and they have. Uh, they've been working with the OKRs a year or so, so we are uh, evaluating that in Germany. But we have a very similar type of system with uh, uh, key initiatives. That we set up on a on a long term basis for the plan of twenty five, and then we we more or less on a quarterly basis set up um, set up goals for what we should accomplish within those uh, areas to reach the long term goal. So the long term goal
1: you say is that like three years ahead or two years ahead or how?
0: I mean we are doing like financial plans for around like five years, but I would say yeah, but I, I would say for like more operational parts is it's not worth doing like uh, uh, so, so so long plans it's then I would say it's on it's a, on a yearly basis it's divided into quarters and then a year after it's more like on a yearly basis what what like key initiatives are we going to focus on yeah so so and we, we follow up that on a quarterly basis uh, and the progress of that and and the owners of, of each like key initiative is one of the uh, team one of the persons in the management team
1: and uh, of curiosity from my end how often do you and your management team talk at meetings is it like do you have one on ones uh, of course i guess you have one on ones but h- how do you disponate your time there
0: we meet uh, on a like on a management meeting on 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 a, on a on a, on a, mo- on a monthly level uh, so we have like a more ordinary meeting we have a sum up every Friday afternoon uh, where we like, pick up the most important things of the week and uh, how things are progressing at the end of the week,
1: uh, like the following week. And is this like the, 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 for the Friday meeting? is this like 60 minutes or something? Like
0: yeah, that? yeah the, the, the Friday meetings are around like 45 minutes and the, the management meetings uh, on a monthly level is more like a, a, yeah, a half day to a day, depending on the subject. Uh, but then i would say i i have more or less uh, yeah i talk i like i like the phone so uh, so 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 i talk to my uh, my management team on yeah more or less on a, on a daily basis i would say
1: L- like 5 15 minutes quick quick things yeah it's
0: yeah yeah whenever yeah there yeah small quick uh, uh, calls that that's what i like so uh, if you have a question pick up the phone and then we solve the Problem. Uh, That's how I would like to, because then we can take fast decisions and we can be quite like agile and quick. Instead of that, we should wait. Uh, Because I think, uh, yeah, uh, having the right speed is really key to success. Nice.
1: Now, Nils, I'm gonna throw in my classic VAM-oriented question around the outreach. For I have made it like one of my small missions to really dive deep. How smart people like yourself want to be approached with their outreach so therefore nils i wonder what is the best way to do an outreach to you how would you get to get your interest through phone even though if you don't know the person who called a a quick call and then like how long can the pitch be
0: I think, uh, I think it's, uh, I love uh, really uh, when, when there are sales reps that really dare to pick up the phone because the majority of, of everyone today are sending, uh, send, sending me LinkedIn invitations and expect that I should, should answer them and say, yes, of course, I will buy from you. And there is very few people that actually lift up the, lift up the phone and uh, give me a call and say, okay, I have something that you really need to hear about here. And how, how much time would I get if if I would call you? No, but I think it depends on on the timing. But uh, but I mean, I always more or less call everyone that has called me. Uh, so if I have, oh, wow. I call them up. Uh, that's uh, something that that I say on my uh, what do you call it answering machine. Then I say, okay, if you have, yeah, leave your num- name and number, and I will call you right back. So then I call them back.
1: Huh. Classic sales driven man. I love it
0: yeah yeah I think I think that's the way to if I should buy something that is a little bit more complex, I think I need to talk to the person and build that kind of trust and relationship with. otherwise I think it's quite hard uh, and I think um, that many takes the the easy way out trying to do like the uh, the LinkedIn for example today uh, and and trust that I will respond on that. So I think the combination, and then you can combine that with many different channels. If that's video, for example, I think that's some in some extent you try to stand out in the crowd. Uh, I mean, and then you combine that with emails, you combine that with LinkedIn. So I think it's the it's the using all those kind of activities yeah. will help you get the full attention. Good,
1: and uh, now we don't have so much left, so we are going up for the closing part closing runway now Mm. first thing here nils if you would give yourself an advice Mm. of the learnings you have learned now as a ceo what would be the top one two or three thing you would tell me and yourself now when you are a bit
0: wiser but i would say that uh, you need to be able to don't panic when you get a lot of uh, problems because all things will end up at you. And so in the beginning, it feels like, okay, what is actually happening? But you need to be able to sort that and uh, you don't have to answer it right away. So you have time to actually, okay, is it just someone who has an, uh, a problem that we need to solve or is it a, a bigger problem that we really need to dig dig into right away? I think that's, that's one. Uh, I also think uh, what I've learned is that the, having a really great management team is is key. Uh, that someone that can help you with the things that you're not that strong in. Uh, so find people that complement you in a good way, and also uh, have a very like open and dare to have an open discussion and be able to uh, it, yeah to take help. I would say. And the last one is, I would say, uh, transparency. Because I think the the more transparent you can be, uh, you also buy yourself uh, time uh, finding solutions and also involving others in in questions where they maybe have a bigger expertise than than yourself. Nice.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So, okay, uh, Nils, uh, which two B2B SaaS are you inspired by? And would like to listen to in this podcast and then when i asked your old colleague a few days ago when we recorded samir your name was one of samir, yeah. forget <laughs> to say, your name was one of the two he said so now i'm asking you which two ceos b2b SaaS ceos would you like to listen to going forward in this podcast
0: exactly and uh, that's a good question i was actually going to say samir <laughs> <laughs> okay you, you can say it, but that that is that is already recorded, is and, already we, recorded.
1: When, and when this this episode is launched most likely his episode has already been launched
0: okay um no but i think that's uh i think that uh, one like if, if you talk about i think it could be interesting to listen to someone i mean most CEOs today, I don't know if, if you have them in different, in, if you can categorize them and say that someone has been in the, in the sauce and tech industry for a very long, long time. I think that uh, some of my, like, where I have a lot of experience to share could be, um, for example, our former owners in Montero. I think uh, Eric Syrien. Uh, could be one, uh, the former CEO of Lime, could be very interesting. He is today a partner at Montero and is involved in many, many um, uh, sauce companies. I think that could be interesting because then you will get like both the CEO angle but also how it's to be a board member in, in many of the tech companies uh, today. I think that could be one.
1: Um, you, you said, Samir, too. And he already been here. And the the other suggestion said, I think I need to decline that right now because this is a for see that are people that are B two B us right now. But thank you, for the answers here. And then my last question: Which platform for all that now been listening to you? is the best for them to follow you on.
0: No, but I think uh, LinkedIn is, uh, is 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 the best one because uh, there I publish on a regular basis, uh, updates and so on. Uh, but if someone wants to come in contact with me, uh, please, f- please feel free to give me a call.
1: <laughs> call, cool, yeah. I don't think anyone that's been listening today... If you find Neil's number, just call him and say, hey, you promised in a <laughs> podcast that <laughs> exactly. you will pick up. <laughs> Okay, I will link to your LinkedIn in the description of this episode that, uh, so you that now hear this. Just press in the description and connect with Nils there and, uh, and follow him on a regular basis. And also to you that's been listening, if you like what you're hearing and what you heard, please press the subscription button and help this community grow even stronger. And Nils, a huge thank you for putting aside 30 minutes with me to help me and the community Keep on learning.
0: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure being a part of it.